Thank you everyone uh, for coming today. We're really excited. Uh, this is our very first online Gemma experience. Um, and one of the, the favorite features um, of our mosque, the Women's Mosque of America, um, that people really love is our Q&A discussion circles. Um, so usually after our Jummas, you know, we gather in a giant circle and um, we have a chance to speak directly to the Imam, which is um, an experience we might not always get. Oh, you got your sticker, yay! <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, alhamdulillah, it's it's a great way to be able to see each other, see all the various points of view and the, the beautiful diversity of our ummah. Um, and it's a way for women to have direct access to religious leadership. So um, what we'll do today is, you know, we have a small group. So um, uh, why don't we share, you know, kind of our reflections, um, your, uh, how you received um, the message of the khutbah, um, and then any questions or anything that you wanted to ask uh, Dr. Shalkat. And thank you, Dr. Shalkat, for doing such an amazing job. Um, I know, you know, this, this incident was very fresh for you and it, um, it affected your family in a really, really huge way um, on multiple levels. So we really thank you for your courage and bravery and leadership in showing us how to navigate this, um, you know, feeling the feelings um, fully, um, but also being patient uh, and trusting Allah. So thank you for providing that example for us. You're welcome. I just hope that um, like a, whoever listened to it at least get one or two items to practice or get benefit from it. Yeah, so whoever would like to go first, you can share your reflections, um, anything that stood out to you from the khutbah uh, or a question you might have. Um, I just want to say, uh, we're in the, that's my mom. So um, <laughs> I, wa I wanted to say, like, I'm really proud of you for giving this khutbah. Um, the first few times we went to the mosque, I, like, immediately told my mom, like, you're going to give a khutbah. Wow. And then I think the next Juma prayer we came to, Yohasna told her. So it was, like, a good coincidence. And um, I can't wait until she does another one. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I can't wait until you do one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really awesome. You know, we have, this is the thing is that we have so much untapped potential within our ummah, you know, half the ummah is women and um, we have so much talent, so much expertise, um, so many firsthand perspectives of um, uh, you know, spiritual wisdom that we're really missing out on. And so um, it's, it's really amazing when we get to hear uh, from a perspective like yours. Um, so yeah, thank you again. And thank you for being such a supportive family member too, because um, that makes a huge difference for our khatibas. All right, anyone else have a reflection or a question? I think I, I'm, I, I, we already sort of talked a little bit, but sure. um, one of the things that uh, I really appreciated about the chukbah was the, the emphasis on seeing this time of isolation as a place where we can intensify our, our practice. Um, and as, as uh, a disabled person who is often uh, in the metaphorical cave, 
mm. um, is it is very uh, useful for me to think about those times of isolation from through that lens of 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 Surah 18 and 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 the cave. So I thank you for drawing that example for us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I didn't even um, realize that sometimes the we hear these stories so often and we read them so often that we forget um, that there are these very clear parallels and very clear metaphors. And it, it wasn't until I read your khutbah, um, Dr. Shaukat, that I was like, oh, wow, that's true. Like, there are so many caves. There are, you know, the cave of Hira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, um, uh, would go to to reflect. And, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Everyone always says, like, oh, he would go there and he would think about how awful his society was. But then I was like, how do we know that? Like, what if he was just enjoying the view? You know, what if he was, what if he was, uh, you know, reflecting or having some other, some other sort of, um, uh, you know, deeper reflection. Um, and, and then there's also, um, you know, the cave, the people of the cave, um, who uh, escaped their, their society, and um, God protected them. And then you also drew the parallel of, um, uh, of Prophet Yusuf in, uh, imprisoned. Um, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, and Prophet Jonah um, in the belly of the fish. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like a mm -hmm. very, very common theme. And so, um, how did you, like, how did that reflection come to you when you were writing the khutbah? And um, what do you think it is about that metaphor of the cave that um, works so well to help people develop that connection with God? So I think the first thing is like, uh, when you are in that cave, cave means it's an isolated area, very like confined, not much space, it's dark, it's like you don't have, hear anything, you don't see anything, then what to do, mm -hmm. right? You you just have to reflect on yourself. That's the only thing you have, right? And then whatever bigger thing come to your mind when you are doing it. Um, also, like there is no distraction. So you can actually focus on if you have something in your mind, any idea, any vision, then you can actually um, work on it like a, in your like a very like a fresh and pure mind like a um, how are you going to accomplish that or um, so that's that um, another thing is also like a within that time you could also have more ideas come to your brain. Um, I was just thinking, you know, like I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking of you, Hasna, and other like writers and like the people from Hollywood and scientists and like all, all kind of people actually going to be, I'm thinking like within another two, three years, so many things going to come out from this uh, uh, pandemic because people are like at home and going through different uh, experiences and then they're going to bring it out like poets they're going to write so many poems during this time the singers they're going to write so many songs this time and scientists are going to discover new things like um like all situation there will be so many movies going to come out from on this pandemic like 
I don't know how many thousands gonna come out from all over the world. So and th- so these are the things like um I think like a naturally come uh when you are in these situations. And um the most important thing are, is like of course there are things that are like a the stress and the sufferings and uh, which is beyond imagination. Um uh, I was just having like a just before this, I have a um, uh, like a like conference called like a training on adolescent homelessness uh, in Los Angeles, and it became like triple uh, in this pandemic. Like a, before, it was I think about eighteen percent or something. Now it's like a more than forty percent, thirty nine point something as of today. And the uh, adolescents are homeless um, because of the COVID. So um, there are lots of things also coming uh, from uh, these sufferings that people are stepping up, like there are more organizations is coming out to help them. Um, uh, so I think, you know, whenever the suffering, there is always blessing with it. Uh, some people are, of course, suffering and there is no return from that suffering. But at the same time, we also believe that um, the reward is not in this life. So there will be reward in the hereafter. That's for sure and is unlimited. And the other thing is also the reward is not exactly directly to that event, but it could be another way. Like say you are driving and you just save from a big accident or you, you just get something from somewhere uh, as a gift or whatever, like a every like a, you have a good moment with somewhere and somebody. So those are also blessings we need to count. But maybe because of this suffering, we are getting that. So that's that's what I think of. Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, um, not only about the creativity, but um, I feel like uh, has everyone. I I don't know if I'm dating myself. Has everyone seen the Matrix? <laughs> Okay. So, so I, I feel like good movies stop being made after the nineties, but anyways, um, so the matrix, right. You're, you're in the matrix and it's these glitches, these little problems, um, or deja vu. Like, uh, I I'm probably totally messing up the metaphor here. It's been a while, but, but sometimes when you see something go wrong, that is what jolts you out of that virtual reality. And you realize, Oh, this is not the real reality. Um, and, um, I definitely see how, you know, like there was so much that was going wrong before and um, was just normalized. It was the status quo. And yes, a lot of pain and destruction has come out of this time, but it has also been a huge wake up call um, to stop ourselves before we go too far, you know, whether it's the environment or race relations or, you know, so many of the different things, the way we treat teachers um, in this country. And we're being given, I believe, a second chance to to correct these things um, and start over. So, inshallah, I hope we do vote. And I know. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I also thinking like also this election came on this right moment that people I think will think differently before the voting, like when the voting, like 
than last time. Right. So hopefully our country will be blessed with good things, good people, good management. Yeah. Even the amount of people who have voted um, is uh, so much more. They're saying it's going to be so much more than ever before. So, um, you know, a democracy only only works if we show up and vote. And so, inshallah, I hope that we we do rise to that challenge this time. Do you have any questions or reflections you wanted to share? You were asking me. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I actually have at least two. And uh, the first one is... um, when Sister Shakati were just talking about how, you know, when when we're in the cave and you're basically in the darkness and you're by yourself, so then you really have to focus in on yourself. And as somebody who is sort of working in the mental health area uh, with people, I, I see that, and even for myself, you know, before I took control of my own mental health, one of the biggest challenges for me and a lot of the clients I work with is actually being with ourselves. Um, it's so, so challenging. It's so challenging that, you know, you try, we try to do all kinds of crazy things to distract ourselves and prevent ourselves from being with our own self, our own thoughts. And because there's just so much blaming and shaming and judging that we lay on ourselves. And I know for me, I was blaming and shaming and judging myself in ways that were like really horrible and worse than anything I heard in many cases from anyone else. Um, And I, I, you know, until I learned that that was not okay and I could change that, I just figured, you know, like, that was just normal for me. I'm, I'm wondering if you have any tips around how you developed a better or healthy relationship with yourself. I'm not a perfect person for that. And, um, but I learned myself throughout my life. Um, I think every day is getting better and better. Um, that there are things that you don't have any control. And uh, if you have that trust and faith in Allah that everything come from Allah and you do not have any control, no matter you did something wrong or somebody did something wrong to you or um, the natural disaster, right? The, um, but the thing is that, um, as I mentioned in my khutbah that it is easier when it is natural disaster than if it is from people, mm. right? The patients with people are like a, so because when it is like I say, anything like a storm or this pandemic or fire or anything, you really cannot like blame a person, right? How, how, how are you going to blame this fire, right? They, you can't, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go like a punch him <laughs> like you can but for the people you you do but then so that's one thing like a, if it is a people then you can go after that person and be angry and angry and angry and ultimately you are destroying yourself doing by doing that right but if you have faith in Allah and that say even coming from that person is probably that shaitan make him to do it and he have no control or with the situation so he hurt me so what i'm gonna do i have to forgive that person and forgive me 
at the same time. And that's happened throughout the history too. Like the people, um, um, I, am, I don't know if you guys remember, like a, that was right after 9-11, I believe. Uh, one of the Muslim men from Texas and his, um, coincidentally, he's a Bengali um, Muslim brother of us. And um, somebody came and um, killed his son. And um, it, the um, killer was uh, caught and then he was sentenced to death. And he came to the court and removed that um, judgment. And, and he said, like, I believe in God and nobody can take one's life without God. And I forgive him because that was my son's like a life to be ended that day anyway. That was written by Allah. And uh, but why I'm gonna do like it take that take that action upon me from Allah. Mm. So I forgive him, and you cannot give him the death penalty. So uh, there are many other examples with that. But the other thing is like, as you're saying, like to forgive yourself, that's the hardest. I think that's the way, way harder than anything. Uh, even simple thing, like it's gonna bug you all day, all night, days, months, years. Um, but again, like a, if we just take few moments and just like contemplate on that, situation or event and then say I had no control and everything come from Allah and I I I just have to surrender to Allah and I I have to forgive myself and ask forgiveness from Allah and then certainly we it's not going to happen in one time maybe for some people it's going to take long long time many many I you know, like at times of asking forgiveness and forgiving yourself, um, but it's a process and hopefully inshallah, we all get that uh, relief from our fault and forgive ourselves. You know, that story you just told of that man um, reminds me that I, I'm forgetting where the, what the source is, but uh, the Islamic belief that um, anything that happens to you, any sort of trial uh, or blessing can be a punishment or a blessing. And um, mm -hmm. you will know whether something is a punishment or a blessing from the way that you react to it and the way that you choose to act. And, and that goes into the bigger issue of, you know, nothing in itself is a punishment or good or bad, right? So you could potentially get, you know, all of this wealth and all of this, you know, all of these so-called blessings, but if you misuse them, then that could lead you to hellfire. Um, mm -hmm. And it could actually be a really huge burden. Um, whereas you being patient through some sort of trial, um, that could be your ticket to, to heaven. And so I think we also have to really focus on the real reality and really again to the matrix um really see <laughs> see this life for what it is this temporary tiny tiny dream um that we will wake up from mm -hmm. and inshallah we wake up in a good state inshallah i think we lost uh 
the last person. So um, does anyone have any final uh, thoughts or questions, reflections, anything they'd like to share? Um, I just wanted to say again, thank you to Dr. Shalkat because um, just now when you were talking about anger, um, that was actually gonna be my question <laughs> because um, it's been, I, I don't know if anyone else feels the same, but it has been very difficult throughout this to watch our um, public officials not give us the help that we need to be safe. Mm -hmm. um, it's been very difficult to watch, you know, people, you know, make, make decisions that put others at risk, no matter if you're, um, you know. Nafit, can you bring my mask on, the, on my bed? The hat mask. Sorry, I'm gonna show no, the mask fine. and tell them. Sorry. I, uh, no, it's it's yeah, it's it's really difficult for me. Um, be, you know, partially because I'm high risk, and because I have kids, and because and they're being very affected by this um, mentally and physically. Obviously, it's very difficult to find a a, a good place for my anger. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. just being able to see this through, you know, this is a lot's will, and this is this is something that, you know, we can we all have to do our best, and we all and and sometimes, you know, we can't you know we can't engineer this perfectly all on our own. There's a lot you know we all have to work together, and it's it's really just been important for me to put that anger in a place that's productive I guess and I haven't found a lot of places that are productive for it so I've just been like oh all the time you know so thank you for talking about that okay so I'm gonna just do another another commercial so <laughs> board, we still have a few days so board and have your rights and wear masks Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's adorable. We have to wear masks. There is no question against it. And we have to make sure that if people are not wearing masks, we don't have to go close to them, try to stay away from them. But wear your own mask um, is helpful. It's helpful. Um, for you, for anger, um, you know, there is a thing. It's called the like a jar so you can have two jars in your nightstand or whatever place you feel like your um, favorite place mm -hmm. and you put if you can do that daily or however you can want to do you put one for your love yourself and then one the anger to go away and that one you can make it like black or whatever jar <laughs> and this one is beautiful jar with your love because you really can't um like whatever anger is you cannot just make other people not to make you angry right it's up to you you want to be angry or not right mm -hmm. so i think that's one of the thing i can tell you that if you practice probably it will help thank you this helps too Thank you. <laughs> Just talking. Yeah, good, good. <laughs>
And then Samia actually, both Samia and her sister Tasneem have talked about um, the use of the emotions. So the fact that um, they're not just there just to experience, they're actually signaling that you have to do something. Um, Samia, do you wanna talk about that? Sure. Yeah, you know, I have learned to see my emotions as a very, very great blessing from Allah in the sense that they are this amazing feedback system for us. So anytime we are feeling what we call the positive emotions that, you know, up your energy and make you feel good, whether it's happiness or peace or love, etc. Those emotions are giving us feedback that there's something good, you're something right, and you and they're encouraging us to have more of that in our life and do more of what is helping to produce those emotions. Whereas the what we might call the negative emotions that make us feel bad in whatever way, whether it's anger or jealousy or hatred, sadness, etc., they are just signaling that, hey, there's something wrong. And please fix it. Do something to change. Uh, whether it's uh, maybe something to change in myself or maybe something to change around me, uh, but something needs to change. And they're just letting us know that we need to create that change. Um, you know, and so once you hear that feedback from your emotions, then you can actually uh, begin to take action based on that feedback. And then those emotions can resolve themselves, like especially in the context of the negative emotions. Like once you acknowledge your anger, you're like, okay, anger, I hear you. And I understand, and I, and I figured out, okay, this is what, what you're telling me about what's wrong. And this is, you know, what I'm going to do to try and fix the situation. Um, and in a situation where, you know, there's uh, like Sister Shakat was saying, um, well, certainly when we're looking at something like a pandemic or a natural disaster, when there's so much that's outside of our control, it's like, okay, well, is there anything I can control in this situation? Is there anything I can change in this situation so that I can take positive action, create positive change? And sometimes you, you, you just come down to realizing, oh, the only thing I can control right now is myself and um, how I'm thinking and how I'm re relating to what's happening with me. So like one of my favorite things to do is like whenever I perceive a problem that's making me angry, then I'm like, hmm, okay, first of all, why am I angry? Like sometimes it's just like, because I'm looking at the situation in a way that may not actually um, like, in, uh, like I may be looking at it in an inaccurate way and I'm becoming angry at someone or something, even though it's not their intention to hurt me. So for example, uh, somebody, um, uh, oh, the example that's just popping to my mind is let's say we are, I'm walking and someone just sort of like walks past me and like uh, gives me a little knock or something. And let's say I, I get really angry at that. I'm like, oh, that person insulted me. That person was trying to hurt me or show me attitude. So if I'm thinking those thoughts, of course, 
very natural for me to feel angry. Uh, but was that actually the person's intention? Um, maybe they're just not paying attention and they didn't see me just as I didn't see them and we just happened to, you know, knock into each other. And so if I shift my perspective on what the meaning of what happened was, then maybe it can start to make me feel better and that's enough. But sometimes it's like, oh, that person really did mean to, you know, do something like with ill intention towards me. And so then, you know, what can I do? And so then it's like, okay, well, well, I can't necessarily control that other person, but I can still try and control myself. So then it's like, the, the this is where I, I tap into my happiness expertise and I'm like, ooh, this is a fun challenge. Try opportunity to practice patience and learn something, you know? So I try to think of like, oh, uh, like what would the prophet do maybe you know like he responded to people in such amazing ways like for example the time when you know like, uh, one of my favorite stories about the prophet is that lady who used to throw garbage at him you know and and clearly the fact that the prophet did not tell her off or shout at her or do something to retaliate at her, it wasn't because he couldn't, it wasn't because he was afraid of her or anything, it was because he realized that reacting in that way would not do any good for him or for her, but rather when he got the opportunity to show her kindness and compassion when she was sick, and uh, he did, uh, it changed her heart and it helped the prophet to continue to live in peace himself and so i i and it, that was a, you know so i'm like what what is like some kind compassionate thing i could do towards this person in this moment that might change their heart it might or might not but i'm think it's like treating it like a fun game for me like a fun learning experience for me so i i use use that strategy for myself <laughs> And I think it's also important to um, to know, especially from the prophet's example, that he wasn't always like react like that. There were times where he had to stand up and be assertive. And we also have to think about the prophet was a man and benefited from male privilege, right? Versus women, um, when we're already, we don't have that privilege of people automatically respecting us because we have a certain status in society. So I think we have to be careful to translate uh, those hadiths in that way. Um, and then also, um, uh, one thing I was going to say, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Dr. Gabor Mate, um, but he talks a lot about how um, the body says no um, through illness. And um, when we um, sort of ingest uh, these negative emotions and we don't properly express them, or in this case, properly draw a clear boundary and assert ourselves, um, then it, that anger then turns in on the body and starts to, uh, the body starts to attack itself. So I think, you know, you just shared with us that you already have, um, you know, these illnesses. Um, I would guess, I would assume that maybe you are someone who already is, uh, is not the type to assert yourself. So I think for you, maybe it, the advice might be a little different in that maybe you do need practice speaking up. Maybe you need to practice by, um, you know, journaling and 
feeling your feelings, feeling your anger rather than trying to repress it or, um, you know, turn it into something else. Um, you know, it, it really depends on the person um, and it depends on the circumstance and, and all of that. So um, um, a clarification on yeah, that sure. point mm -hmm. as well. So because, mm -hmm. you know, to um, when I give the example of the prophet, I, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that he didn't always respond in terms of staying quiet or whatever, you know, and, and to speak up and to be assertive doesn't mean you're, you're, you're doing anything inappropriate. Uh, in fact, I, I, it's like a very good thing to do. So I, I would draw, like, I draw a distinction between feeling angry and acting angry, mm -hmm. you know, like in the sense that if I'm feeling angry, and I also act angry, then I'm likely to act in a way that's destructive and hurtful and um, ends up, um, you know, sort of making the situation worse. Uh, whereas when I think of taking assertive action, I'm actually, from my definition of assertive, being assertive is that I'm standing up for myself without being hurtful towards anyone else. So, so for me to like, um, so let's say if someone was deliberately rude to me and you know was trying to push me down or whatever and I want to be assertive in that moment you know I uh, like if I wasn't being assertive I could be like um, shouting and screaming at them or you know being like off and you know whatever and for me like that's acting angry but for me acting assertive would look like you know honestly expressing um, like how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and what I need. So I, I, I might say something like, hey, when you just knocked me like that, that made me feel unsafe and, and it didn't feel good to me at all. It felt like you were um, hurting me or that's what I thought or perceived your action to be. And that's not cool. That's not cool. Please do not touch me again. Yeah. You know, or something of that sort. And so for me, that is a very good thing to do. And that's like, for me, like that expression, that way of expressing, expressing is a peaceful way of expressing myself. So I, I'm my feeling, right? But I'm expressing myself in an assertive and peaceful way. Cool. So um, Dr. Shalka, do you have any final words you'd like to leave us with on this topic? Yeah. So I just, um, I just pray and ask Allah to forgive us and give us patience and kindness and love for each other and also give us confidence in ourselves and uh, love for ourselves, which is the last thing we do, especially as a women. And when you become mom, it's like everything is gone. Like you have nothing <laughs> for yourself. So, but just make sure that you do love yourselves oh like you are a teenager you're women you are mom you are grandma or like a, whatever stages you are in now please 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 love yourself because um allah allah ask you to love yourselves uh, and if you don't love yourselves and you are loving all the other people, then you have you will have that emptiness in yourselves that actually will express sometimes somehow, uh, and that gonna ruin everything. 
Um, but maybe not, but still love yourself that's going to fulfill you and that way you can give more love and be patient with yourselves um, because sometimes we uh, we don't listen to ourselves uh, so be patient and love yourself all right thank you so much dr shelkut um it is three so we'll wrap up now um so thank you again for joining us as our first q a and inshallah uh we'll we'll um you know hear feedback from you please let us know afterwards um how you think uh it went um i know you haven't been to a uh a, a um uh, live Q&A before, so you don't have that to compare it to, but um, we, we are kind of experimenting at this stage to see, you know, what the best format would be. Um, so thank you again for joining us, and inshallah, we look forward to the next one.